Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with the author of The 11 Laws of Likeability. Michelle Tillis Letterman joins us. Great to see you. You too. I love the all the L's. 11 <laughs> Laws Likeability by Letterman. Great. I, I love alliteration. <laughs> it's good. It's good <laughs> stuff. Um, you know, the book is, is really terrific. I love it, the launching pad. You go right into this great anecdote about being a professor at NYU, and something happened during one class setting that just sort of changed you know, your whole approach to your work and this idea of likability. So quickly tell, tell everybody what that was. I'll never forget it. I felt so awful afterward, but I'm making this big point about intent in your communication, and I'm teaching a public speaking class, and I asked the, the students, these are undergrads, sophomores, what do you think my intent is? And one you know, bright-eyed student in the front row said, for you to like us. And right. I looked at him like, no, I don't care. Huh. And his face just, the color drew out. I just crushed him. And what I realized at the end of that night, because I saw it and I felt it, was, of course I want them to like me. I just don't want them to know I want them to like me. And there was right. this idea that likability was this bad, taboo thing. And what I've realized since is that likability is everything. See, that's interesting, because going into the book, I always had this idea in my head of it, it's not personal, it's business. That business is about the product. It doesn't matter if I like you or not. I'm going to buy your product because I like the product. So how is your message different? If we have bad experiences, we don't want to have interactions. We don't want to support those businesses that don't treat us right. Okay. And there's a lot of research that shows people would rather do business with somebody they like over somebody who has a better product, over somebody who has a cheaper price. Okay. The relationship wins out. Really? So That's, it is business. That is interesting. Okay, because I feel like you hear that in context, you know, it's not personal, it's business. You know, it, it might not be the greatest interaction, but the, the end result, it's not the journey, it's the destination. After reading your book, I now understand why. <laughs> Something else I wanted to touch upon was this idea of before I, I read the book, I'm thinking to myself, you know, laws are finite things, 11 mm -hmm. laws of likability. And, and I'm one of those people that I thought, I think a lot of people do, Likeability is this kind of intangible thing. Can you really teach someone likability? I mean, isn't it, is it an inherent quality? I and mean, how do you, what's your take on that? That's a really interesting question. I don't think it's an inherent quality. Okay. I also don't think you can teach somebody to be likable. One of the first things I say in the book is you cannot make people like you. Okay. There's going to be people out there that don't like me, that don't like you, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is understand the drivers of likability and enable others to see what's likable about us. Okay. And that's really what the book gets into, the drivers yes. of likability. We're all unique people, but at the basic core of it, there are these drivers of likability. Mm -hmm. So before we get into the 11 laws, how important then, is it a necessity for a C-suite executive, a leader, to be liked? And how so? I don't like to use extremes, even though I call these laws. Okay. So I don't think things are a necessity. Do I think your results will be different okay. with likability in addition to respect and all the other things that we look for professionally? Absolutely. I don't, I don't like when people say, I want respect not to be liked. They're not mutually exclusive. You can have both. And your results are going to be vastly different if your people are your fans, your friends, your mentees, your mentors, your champions, than if they're just your staff. Okay, so, so leaders should be concerned. That general idea that oh, yeah. 
they're the boss. You know, they don't have to be like they're they're the you know they're the leader, and and what they say goes, and it doesn't matter how they say it. <laughs> and what they say does go, right? But how they say does matter. Okay. And the engagement that they get from their people. Eleven billion dollars is lost to turnover. Fifty-six percent of companies are saying they cannot retain their high potential employees and their top talent. Five hundred billion dollars is lost to disengagement each year. Eighty-three hmm. percent of employees are saying, "I'm looking right now." Okay. And the number one reason people give when they leave is their boss, the direct relationship with their supervisor. So if that's not a real relationship, if there isn't some of that likability component in that work exchange, you're losing all that good stuff. Right. Okay, Michelle. So let's get into it. These eleven laws of likability, these drivers of likability, because I'm sure there's some people watching who say, you know, I'm not the most affable person. I'm kind of an introvert. Likability is sort of it's a daunting idea. So I like how you break you break down the book into three very simple sort of categories. And the first one is before the conversation, get real. Mm -hmm. You say, don't try. Just be. I love that. I love what? that you picked out that <laughs> phrase. That's one of right. my favorite ones. It's right to the point, and 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 it makes sense. So how does somebody, you know, how do you enable that? How do you how do you employ that technique? Authenticity is this big uh, catchword in the industry right, right now, and everyone's like, authentic leadership and be authentic, and and everyone's like, how do I know if I'm doing that? Right. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to know if you're feeling uncomfortable in your body because you're stretching yourself and and taking yourself out of your comfort zone, which I. Applaud, and I want you to do. Versus, I am putting on this mask or this face and acting as if I'm somebody else, and I'm not being real. Okay. I've done questions with people and asked, "When do you feel unauthentic at work?" And I often hear that when they have to toe the company line, when they have to support something they don't really believe in. And so, what I talk about is how to think about what you can connect to in that. For example, you don't believe in how they're approaching the way they're accomplishing a mission, but you believe in the mission. Okay. And so you want to say, "Hey, it might not have been the way I chose to do it, but if this works, wouldn't that be amazing?" Mm -hmm. And then that's authentic, versus this is how we're going to do it, and and everybody get get on board. Okay. Nobody's going to buy into that. All right. So it's about believing in the mission. It's about believing in your messaging. So okay. it's about believing what you say. You have to believe you first. And you touch upon this idea of the law of authenticity, and it really struck a chord because you say, "Don't try, just be." The real you is the best you. And and it was really it was interesting because you gave this anecdote that I really enjoyed about this museum worker named Sam, and he was so passionate about the product, but then it sort of got lost in translation when he went to go relay that passion. Sam is, as you described, somebody who's a little bit more introverted, who doesn't really like the crowd.、Mm -hmm. And I have great news for the introvert.、Right. You have some natural talents and skills when it comes to networking. You are more effective in the one-on-one, -on -one, which is really where we connect. And you're better listeners. You take in that information and you probe and you get more out of somebody. What your stretch is going to need to be is to. Self-disclose to share a little of yourself because in vulnerability and in that share is where we find those points of connection. He went into this environment thinking it had to look a certain way, and and he put on that mask. Right, it kind、and、of a show. It, yes, and he was so good at doing what he did with you before he went into the room. That's the takeaway. I was lost. I'm watching him because he asked me to observe so I could help to coach him, and I thought, who is that? Right. He changed. Said, Just talk to me. Tell、yeah. me about that passion and that、um, investment and that belief and that commitment. And my checkbook is going to open and pour into your right, arms because、right. he was trying to fundraise. So just 
everything is a, it's just try to block out the big crowd of people, and it's just a one-on-one -on -one kind of tunnel vision. Just you, you know, the two of you at lunch, let's say, absolutely, and, and try to stay away from that that whole daunting, you know, idea of the big room. And even it. if you did have a crowd around you, mm -hmm. having that eye contact and talking to you, and then talking to the next person, and talking to the next person, right. it is still a one-on-one -on -one conversation, even with a group. Right. That's right. Exactly. C-suite radio. And something you you also said because. Likeability, you said, isn't necessarily about being bright and perky. In some cases, it's the opposite. You, you discuss this in the idea of the law of energy. So yes. how can it be the opposite? We're not asking people to go out and just be like, hi, I'm happy all the God, you'd want to shoot them. Right. What you want to think about is where's the other person's energy? And I talk about productive energy. Sometimes the energy in a situation is to be calm hmm. or thoughtful or introspective. So you really want to think about what's the right energy for a situation and figure out how to shift your energy to that good place. So you can still be likable and be calm and introspective. That's what resonated and I thought was really interesting is that this idea of likability is, hey, like me, no. high energy, but you can be sort of that low key as long, you know, person as long as you're oh, yeah. yourself. I will tell you that I think I got more likable when I calmed myself down a little bit. Interesting. There's something to be said about that, right? It's, it's not about the other person. It's not about you. It's about the interaction you have together. Mm -hmm. And so if your energy is a little bit more subdued, what I want to come in is kind of just under or just over where your energy is. Of these 11 laws of likability, is there one that's the most important? Could you say, above all else, this is the one to, you know, bingo, focus in on? I get this question all the time, and I always answer it with two laws. <laughs> okay. One and a half. Okay. One and a half. So authenticity, obviously, is the foundation for everything. Right. Um, but the other one that has to be talked about is the law of giving. 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 Okay. Give first. Give often. Give because you can. Give because you want to. Give without expectation of getting anything in return. And I, I believe to my core that if people follow this philosophy, everyone's results would increase. People always say, why did you write this book? And I said, people kept asking why and how I built my business. And these laws are the answer. I seek to add value to my network and um, not worrying about my results. They will come. Okay. And they always do. So that's great. I mean, how did your business grow to be so successful? You realized it was these laws of likability that you had been practicing your whole life, and now you put them, you put them in the book. So it's this person who, who says, oh, I'm already likable. I, I, people like me. I have a lot of friends. I'm a successful, I have a successful business. I have a good product. I know how to generate conversation. I know how to work a room. I know how to be myself, be my authentic self. Why should, you know, what else can they gain? What can they seek to benefit in, in these 11 laws that they, that they may not be aware of? The success of somebody is more related to their EQ, their emotional quotient, than it is to their IQ. Oh. And results are three times higher in terms of sales and productivity for those with a high EQ. Emotional. Emotional quotient. quotient. This um, book and these concepts are going to increase the self-awareness. And sometimes, as you said before, I'm doing this. I didn't even realize I was doing it. Right. Sometimes when we're more aware of it, we can be more effective with it. And we don't fall into the traps of, oh, I'm doing that thing again, because it's in our front of mind. A lot of this stuff, you might say, I've heard this or I know this, but are you doing it? Are right. you infusing it? Are right. you living it? So I want to know when books two, three, and four, 12, 13, 14, 15 <laughs> laws of likability, because there's always, you know, it's, it's an evolving thing. Likeability. I'm actually working on a follow-up to this. Oh, good. Although it's not going to be a law. It's called the Connectors Club. Oh, okay. A little sneak peek. Yeah. All right, great. Well, we'll talk to you about it. We'll connect. Well, Michelle, we're out of time. I know we got to a few of the laws, but it's really, this is really comprehensive sort of this guide. It's for everybody, you know, and it's, it's even for the person who thinks they're already likable. You know, there is still more to be learned about being likable if you, if you think you have it. 
you know. So thank you so much for being here, and uh, we look forward to future laws, <laughs> as they say. Uh, if you'd like more information on the book, all you have to do is go to our website, csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard? Visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Sweet Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.